0: Good morning everyone. Our Bible reading this morning is found in Philippians chapter 2 verses 19 through to 30 and it's titled Timothy and Epaphroditus. So that's Philippians 2:19 through to 30. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honour him like men, because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning everybody. So this week, we're looking at a situation which is all about, yes, hope and faith And how does it all work out? Here's here's Paul. He's now writing this letter and it's going to be taken by Epaphroditus with his friend Timothy back to that church that originally were a blessing to him. So Paul's in prison. Now, Timothy and Epaphroditus aren't in prison. They're outside. So you have this sort of situation, I suppose, where Sometimes we feel as though we're all hedged in and we don't know where to go. Well, in Paul's case, he couldn't go anywhere. But in Timothy and Epaphroditus' case, well, they were free to go. So what is Paul doing here? He's got these friends and he's not going to be able to hold onto them tightly because even best friends forever have to move out. They can be best friends forever, but sometimes in this world we will have separation. We will see God at work saying, time to move on. Time to release. You know, the Philippian church were quite interesting people. Paul actually recommends them and says they were the first ones to understand the whole thing of giving and receiving. Actually, in chapter 4, verse 15, he talks about, Moreover, you Philippians know that in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving. So Epaphroditus, who came from Philippi, came to help Paul was their way of giving and he came with gifts always love friends bearing gifts so here's Epaphroditus and he's come to help Paul now I don't know how many of you have had these great ambitions and it's all going quite well and then suddenly things take a turn and you find yourself being on the receiving end of help as opposed to you being the helper the giving and the receiving that's what life's about isn't it You give some, you receive some. Whatever God's put in your hands, give it away. Let God use it. Paul has now got these friends and he's saying to them basically, he's saying to the church, I'm going to be stuck here for a while it seems, but I want you to know that even while I'm here, I'm hoping in the Lord Jesus. You've got to start with verse 19. If you're going to have five words that ever come out of the of or uh, maybe six words, I hope in the Lord Jesus. So, where does that leave faith? Well, as we see, we're justified by faith, but we do have hope. And our faith and our hope work together. And in God's economy, these men have been basically given to Paul to lift him up in the faith, give him hope for a future. So, I don't know how many of you folk have ever gone to a new area like Linda and I have come to Wangaretta, And we hope to make friends. Not an unusual situation. I'm sure many have moved around and you hope to make friends. Well, actually, do you know something? You don't make friends. No, these are God's gift to you. And so, if it's God's gift to you as a friend, you can also be a friend to others, can't you? The giving and the receiving. In this case, you're receiving friendship and you want to give it out as well. God's gifts basically friends cannot be made they are free gifts from god think about that next time somebody new comes into your area of uh, influence ask your question would i make a good friend if i were them would they like me as a friend and hopefully your answer will be yes (laughs) so both the giver and the receiver of friendship they share in this gift from god you receive it you give it away blessed be the name of the Lord we're going to finish off singing that song right now he gives and takes away you know many years ago the, the Celtics the Celts Christian Celts they came up with an idea that even when you're a friend there's friendship and then there's soul friends people that you can really walk and talk with and they gave the name of the soul friend the Anamkara now if you're Celtish and my pronunciation isn't good I think it goes something like that. Anamkara. Anamkara basically means you are a soul friend. Now, that's a lot deeper than just saying, hello, how are you? It's hello, how's your soul? And thank you again, Helen. We didn't sort of preempt too much of this, but really it is a good question. Is it well with your soul? That's an Anamkara. That's the sort of person who really takes an interest in you more than just, oh, you're looking good, but how are you really on the inside? Anamkara. What a friend, an indispensable companion on the spiritual journey of life ask yourself the question could I be an Anamkara to somebody else perhaps do I see somebody out there perhaps walking with not much direction walking as though they need some help would you become an Anamkara I quite like that symbol that they give in the middle it just you can do that the whole day and never go off that page but it's also got a circle around it, where I just believe God brings it together that way So that is life, just going life all together. So perhaps you should ask the question, is there somebody I can share my journey with? Ask God for a friend. Of course, God will probably say, what about Jesus? And of course, that song will come to mind, won't it? What a friend we have in Jesus. Yes, so you start with Jesus and then you work your way amongst the community as well. So Paul's about to make a decision here about his future. He says, well, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. But then he also goes on to say, but I think it's necessary to send also to you Epaphroditus, two of his friends, probably his (laughs) his only friends. What's been going on here? While Paul's in prison, Epaphroditus has not been well. Who's been looking after Epaphroditus? I'm hoping that Luke was still part of the journey through Macedonia and places like that. Sometimes you need a doctor. A lot of times you need a doctor. But there it was. Timothy could return Back to Philippi But it was also a good idea To not let Epaphroditus go by himself So sometimes we do need two To go along on the journey of life Many times we need another one To go on the journey of life So we often then say this thing Well I hope I'm making the right decision How do we know That we are making the right decision Does it mean that this decision Is actually birthed in faith So he's going to say "All right, this could be a big dividing point In Paul's life letting go of his two best friends but I'm hoping to make the right decision. Hope, what is this thing? It's expectation but it's also trusting. I'm expecting that with God given wisdom, I'm making the right decision but I've got to trust that as I put my things into action, that yes, God will reveal. God will show and that's that's really what's going to happen here. Actively waiting for God's fulfilment about the faith that he's brought into, inside of you. You know you need to do something. You've got the faith to believe it. And you're sort of hoping that all things working together, God will be glorified. He has in birth faith into your heart. And it's this process that keeps on going. So it's all to do with decision-making processes, isn't it? You start with a faith that you believe in and your hope and your love that God will just show, him the way, show you the way forward from there on. So what is this happening now? Paul says here in verse 24, I hope therefore to send him to you soon as I see how things go with me and I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. I don't know what Paul was hoping for here. He's hoping. In other words, he's reckoning that this prison is not the end of the story and I don't know right now what sort of prison you may be in. It may not have walls. It may be in your own mind. But something's got to break out. Something's got to happen. And you've got to be confident in the Lord that you will come out of this prison. For Paul, he knew walls would surround him. But do you know what it tells us early on? These chains, it became clear throughout the whole pa- palace guard that everybody that I'm in chains, and because of my chains, most of the brothers have had encouragement. So Paul knew that while he was in prison, God's at work. God's at work in the prison. God's work outside the prison. God's work in Timothy and Epaphroditus' life as well. But he's confident. This confidence, it's not something that he sort of drummed up and say, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope, I wish. But no, it's actually he's now fully persuaded that God is trustworthy. Fully persuaded. That's confidence for you. Jesus is trustworthy. He gives and takes away. I'm going to ask Linda just to come up and join us and share a bit of a journey so far, how God... Through Jesus Christ has been trustworthy.
2: Three years ago, we started the new year by writing our mission statement as a couple. It was on New Year's Day we were challenged to do this. And this is what we wrote three years ago Invest your abilities to create value on earth, to plant and build, write and organize, heal, invent ways that bless people and cause God's kingdom on earth to flourish. God encouraged us that day with this verse once again from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And also Psalm thirty four eleven. The Lord is close to the broken hearted, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Within weeks of that day we were asked to come to Wangarada. After initially saying no due to family and other commitments we accepted the call to come. God had made it clear to us through scripture specific answers to prayer one of which was Bernard's boss in Melbourne allowing him to work remotely on a casual basis to provide the resources for us to come. We also had confirmation by family and prayer partners. The verse that came was Deuteronomy 31.6 Be strong, be bold, don't be afraid or frightened for your God is going with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. But coming to Swan Court has just been our training ground for the next season. For a while we have sensed God was preparing us for something new. It came through times of reading, waiting, praying, through people speaking into our lives many in this congregation through the waiting period we have seen God do immeasurably more than we could ask as he has answered prayers which we thought were impossible and we know that through your faithful prayers and support that we have been able to remain here for this time and we say thank you we've been stretched and tried and tested as many of you know but God has remained faithful. In Lamentations we read, You have heard my plea. You came near when I called you and said, Do not fear. Even though we are sad to say goodbye to you and our residents at Swan Court, we believe God has prepared us and the congregation at Kundruk Baron Baptist Church for this time. In Ephesians we read in chapter 2, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do once again God has led us with scripture circumstances specific answers to prayer and wise counsel from family and prayer partners to God be the glory great things he has done
1: never easy saying goodbye never easy saying hello because you're never too sure what sort of reaction or what sort of connections you're going to be making But you guys have been good for us here and hopefully we've been something of a blessing to you as well. But just think about two guys called Timothy and Papadadis. You know, Paul met Timothy under circumstances that we probably wouldn't enjoy. It was in a place called Lystra. Paul came along there full of God's Holy Spirit and the direction saying, come to Macedonia. And the next thing is, they started stoning Paul in Lystra. They left him for dead. He had a near-death experience. Not quite the way you'd like to enter town and be made known. And hopefully that's not a prediction. But God raised Paul and continued the journey, basically. And here was Timothy, one of those first disciples out of that church as well in in Lystra. there. What's Timothy mean? I I love the meaning of the words. And his name is actually honored by God. You may remember he had a very God-fearing mother and grandmother so all the mothers and grandmothers out there and great grandmothers as well don't keep going just keep praying keep believing that little guy called Timothy will one day come out of your family circle you never know honoured by God anybody got a name of Timothy in their family? not too many? alright you have a well you now know that he's honoured by God he went with Paul through thick and thin there. you know Paul even wrote him two letters and so if you're actually going to do something really worthwhile in life, keep writing letters. Emails are good, but they just go into nether netherland. Real written letters and cards still have a place in this world. Paul wrote two letters to his little friend Timothy. Oh, sorry, little. Okay, he was young. We don't quite know how much distance there was between them. Those written letters we still have today. Timothy is actually mentioned by Paul in Romans the two letters to the Corinthians and Philippians and Colossians and Thessalonians and even in Hebrews what makes you think that Paul and Timothy had a good relationship going and that Paul was just basically an anamkara to Timothy his soul friend the two of them were going through a lot together and uh, Timothy even was there in Romans where Paul says we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance sorry to have told you that But that's what it's about. But guess what? Perseverance produces character. And character produces a little four-letter word called hope. How does this go around in the circle of life? That suffering and hope are sort of on that same continuum from there to there. And that's, that's, that's Timothy. He had the same attitude, which was really very good. The attitude that says, yes, I believe in what Jesus has done. That same attitude... Is what Paul would continue to talk to Timothy about, and tell him here that you do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Yes, each of you should look not only to your own interests but also to the interests of others. And that was Paul's recommendation about Timothy. He's saying he's proved himself as a son with his father, and he's always got a genuine interest in welfare for others. He was learning on the job. And Paul was teaching this young man what it is to understand to give and receive. Give out whatever God's given you and receive back whatever God wants you to have as well. Timothy takes a genuine interest in your welfare. He was like-minded with Paul. Like-minded actually is, is an interesting word as well. It basically says they were really soulmates. What Paul was thinking, Timothy could understand. What Timothy was saying, Paul said yes. And together these two guys Walked and talked together. Oh, what a journey those two had. Timothy proved himself, tested and true. Genuineness of character. That's what he was all about. The attitude that was the same of Christ Jesus. Hope does not disappoint us. Paul continued to write in Romans. Hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Hope. So, Paul said, I hope to send Timothy to you as soon as I see how things go with me. Okay, so Paul's a bit of a realist here, you know. I hope to send him as soon as I see how things go. So, he's waiting for things for God to show the way. But when he says, What I want to see, how I see things, that same word is the same word written by the author of Hebrews. It says, Fixing your eyes. I see, I fix my eyes. So, you can see but you don't have the eyes to see. You can see things, you look at things, but you don't actually see things. Does that make sense? You look, but you don't actually see. It's God who actually says, all right, what you're looking at, I will show you what it's actually doing. What makes sense? Fixing our eyes on Jesus basically means one one thing. It means taking our eyes off ourselves. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, learning from him, who, as it says in chapter 2, Your attitude should be the same as his who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing. Epaphroditus. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus. He nearly died. Epaphroditus basically means the word means he's a lovely fellow he's a charming fellow really a nice guy but if you go through life with that sort of name I don't know what they're going to shorten it to be. Maybe Dotty or something like that. But hey, he's a fellow soldier. What does Paul say about Epaphroditus? When you start to look at some of the descriptions that Paul gives, like Timothy, yes, he was a fellow soldier as well. That's one stage he talks about him, but a fellow soldier who's also a messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. A fellow soldier? A fellow traveller? Well, Let me tell you again, in case you hadn't figured it out by now. If you've got this idea that a fellow soldier goes through life and all he's doing is ducking the bullets, sometimes bullets actually hit. You may have noticed on occasions that there's wounds in the congregation. And God has somehow said, through suffering we will build character and hope. There it was. Epaphroditus. He came to help Paul. And the next thing is, He's been caught in a crossfire. Something's happened to him. God has actually permitted something to happen to him in such a way that where well, he thought he was going to be uh, somebody else's uh, answer to their prayers, well, in actual fact, he became the recipient of their prayers as well. And he nearly died. A near death experience. Paul would have, as I said, understood this. He was just about stoned to death. And maybe he did die in the way that God understands because if you ever understood uh, Paul went to heaven one day to see paradise I would say at the time of being stoned to death is a pretty good time to say gee if this is what it's all about maybe I can continue to endure this Paul doesn't say when it happened but when something really bad happens and I've put the word bad in inverted commas because in words like that what can you say God steps in God shows us that there is paradise waiting there is paradise pain and suffering, they are inevitable. But Believing in Jesus, remember uh, chapter 1 verse 29 it's been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Believing in Jesus there will be tension. There will be this tension between accepting what's happening and then resisting what's happening. It's a tough one. Accept it when God delivers it but it to the point of, is this going to stop me in my tracks? Is this really what the end of it all is going to be? I don't think so. And I think Paul understood this. Look, Paul was able to heal people and he himself needed healing. What happened with Epaphroditus? I'm sure Paul would pray every day, Lord have mercy on Epaphroditus. Lord have mercy. You know the word Epaphroditus? Yeah. Lord have mercy on this man. He has had a near-death experience. He's come to help, and we'll probably say he does not deserve this, does he? He's here to help. What has happened here? That those prayers would have been answered, and sometimes God just sort of lets it happen to the point where you think, oh right, this is just going to go one way horribly. But guess what? That's that's called hope. A little bit in the middle there. Yeah, Yep. There usually will be a tension, but there will be a testimony. as long as you've got life in this world you have a testimony so guess what Paul thought about this he said "All right, Lord have mercy on this man and if you continue to have mercy on him he's going to go back to the church in Philippi with a testimony of God's grace wherever we go we go with a testimony what's God been up to and sometimes you may have thought I'm about to snap but God have mercy what a prayer to pray for yourself what a prayer to pray for others. Lord, have mercy on those who are just about to snap. What a testimony. A near-death experience would have become a vehicle, I believe, for God's grace and something to be s- displayed at the Philippi- Philippian church. It came to be a blessing, but Paul would say, you return as a blessing as well. So let me explain one thing. In ministry, you can only give what you are and what you have. And the more you are and what's been happening to you, the more you're able to give out of it as well. That's where God in his wisdom says, well, I've come to give you life, but then also you need to go and give life as well. Life that'll have an abundance as well. So what have you got to give? And what have you got to lose? These are all God-given gifts. So let's just spend a moment here and ask the question, do I feel indispensable? Because guess what? in God's house and in his economy you are indispensable you have a part to play here what part that is that's the Holy Spirit of God's prerogative as to how and where and what he wants you to do think along those lines and say Lord what have I got and what can I give and on the other side of it Lord what do I need and am I ready to receive because the whole lot goes round and together. and then put that word in Lord I've I might have hope for the future. So spend a moment, just bow your heads before the Lord and say, ask the question, have I got something else to give, Lord? What have I got to lose when I give it? You don't lose anything in God's economy. He repays he replies, what can I do about this now? Gracious Father, may each one of us gathered here know what it is to hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. May each one of us know as well what faith means when combined with hope and trust. Lord, put, us, put into action the things that we need to do because you've blessed us with so many blessings. Enable us to see where those blessings can be given out and given up and given in such a way because what we have, it's all been given from above. We want to bless others, Lord, as well. Help us understand what it is to give and to receive. And when we need it, thank you, Lord, that you'll also open up our hearts to receive. And know that you know everything that's needed for us. Lord, we want to see Jesus glorified in this place and in our lives. We want to become, Lord, people of the Word of God, believing and trusting and going out no matter what the circumstances. Thank you, Father God, that you will protect and you will have mercy upon each one of us because we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.